So today we're going to talk about testimonies, power of words, but specifically the power of your testimony. Amen? Amen. So we're going to get into words a little bit, which I've spoken about before, and then uh, testimony. So I got all my books and stuff up here, so, you know, it looks like I really know what I'm doing. (laughs) But here's my original notes, just kind of a bunch of scribbles and margins and everywhere stuff crossed out and then I you know I got my iPad where everything's sorted out so we might not use either of those we're going to just let the Holy Spirit take over and uh, see where he goes so Heavenly Father we just give you this service once again uh, direct us guide us and be with us we thank you so much in Jesus name amen so I'd like to share with uh, my testimony I know we had a young man and I can't remember his name I was trying to Ryan, two weeks ago, he spoke, Ryan spoke, and he had an amazing testimony of uh, what he'd been through and what God had delivered him from. And sometimes, I was raised in a church, right, ever since I was little, little. As long as I can remember, I've been going to church, and not just any church, AG churches, so spirit-filled church, right, in the middle of a revival, sitting in the back, playing with my matchbox cars while people are doing their thing, and the Lord's moving and stuff like that. So I've been around it for a long time, and, and uh, you know, I hear a testimony like Ryan's, and it's like, wow, God, it's so powerful. He brought him through so much. He, 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 he'd been through so much. And uh, for a long time, I thought, you know, a testimony like that was uh, possibly more powerful than my own. But I came to realize that no testimony is more powerful than another, right? It's... it's uh, it's your story, and it's what God has used to create the person that you are today. God has used my testimony to shape and create the person that I am, the person that's sitting before you through my experiences and the things that he's done and the things that I've seen and the things that he's done through me. So my testimony, I already said I was raised in church. Um, I can't even tell you when I accepted Jesus I don't even remember. I mean, a lot of people can say, oh, yeah, it was this day, uh, April 23rd, 19-whatever, 81. Um, but I don't have a date. I, 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 from what I understand, have always loved Jesus ever since I was uh, little. I do know I was filled with the Holy Spirit uh, about eight or nine years old at uh, VBS. I remember we were at VBS, and uh, Mr. Jerry, awesome guy, uh, just dearly loved man that served in our church. He was a Sunday school teacher and, and helped with all the events and stuff. Just an amazing guy, so gentle and, and moved in the spirit of the, of the Lord so much. And he took us kids back. We were, God started moving at vacation Bible school. And uh, he said, anybody that wants to pray, be filled with the spirit, come with me and we'll go in this classroom. So Mr. Jerry got us and, and a couple other uh, teachers came back and we were all in a circle and started praying and, and the Holy Spirit fell and I began to speak in tongues at the age of uh, nine years old. So it's pretty amazing. Uh, and God has always had his hand on my life. Um, I've never tried any drugs. It's kind of <laughs> pretty boring. I, I don't even know what marijuana smells like. I'll, I'll be out and somebody's like, oh man, you smell that? I'm like, no, I don't know. <laughs> it smells like weed, and um, I don't even know what that smells like. I know it's hard to believe. Actually, a uh, funny, <laughs> funny occurrence, my best friend I grew up with in church, uh, his name's Aaron, when he was getting a job for the police department, he filled out his application, and one of the, one of the things that they ask you about is illegal drugs, specifically marijuana, because it's so readily used. Everybody does it, Right. And he wrote on his application that he had never done it. And they would not believe it. Okay, so they called me for an interview. And every single question he asked me was about when we smoked marijuana together. <laughs> he, he, he just would not believe that Aaron had never tried uh, weed. So, and I answered all, he was like, when's the last time you guys smoked marijuana together? And I was like, well, never, because I've never done it. And as far as I know, he's never done it. And he's like, oh, okay. And, you know, he kept asking me questions, phrasing them different ways about, and, uh, yes, it was kind of funny. But never never any kind of uh, drug I've never smoked. Uh, 
uh, cigarettes, anything like that. Uh, I've never been drunk in my life. I've never even had a buzz. I don't even really know what a buzz feels like. Uh, I just never had any desire for any of that kind of stuff, alcohol or or drugs or anything like that. And I, I've had opportunities. You know, I've been offered. Um, I grew uh, I grew a beard when I was 15 years old. So <laughs> in the neighborhood, the guys were like, oh, you can go down to the liquor store. And you can get us alcohol. And I'm like, I probably could, but I'm not going to do that. <laughs> so they didn't hang out with me for very long. <laughs> Uh, so I, I would say the the uh, the tone of my testimony early is that the Lord preserved me, and later, you know, God spoke. Uh, actually, pretty recently, uh, this uh, last year, I, I I heard a word from the Lord, and He said that He had consecrated me to Him, and so I had to look up that word consecrated, and it means to be set aside or preserved for the Lord. So, uh, yeah, and in addition to not doing any of that stuff, uh, being spared from that stuff, um, God used me in various different ways from a young age. So I was homeschooled. I went to school through fifth grade, and then I was homeschooled, which was a great blessing. I, I was homeschooled for uh, academic reasons. That in fourth grade, I, I couldn't read. I had like a first grade reading level. My comprehension was really high, but I just couldn't read. They were, they were trying new things in the public schools, and uh, I'm from Baltimore. That's where I grew up in Baltimore then. And uh, I was like, they, they had gotten rid of phonics altogether. So um, my mom decided to pull me out, and I was homeschooled. Worked out good. I'm still not the best uh, reader, speller, that kind of stuff, but I'm not worried about it. <laughs> I was also dyslexic, so I found out later in life that I was dyslexic. So um, being homeschooled, I had the opportunity to engage in ministry at a young age. So at uh, 12 and 13 years old, I started spending a lot of time at the church. There was a program called Master's Commission at my church. And uh, it's a nine-month discipleship program. And it's uh, focused on uh, theology, biblical studies, and also ministry. So we would the master's commission students would go out. They'd do street ministry. We would, uh, we'd go down, uh, for instance, every Friday night at 15 years old. Every Friday night, I would go down to Baltimore City to the Port Mission, a church that had been there for uh, over 100 years, and we would feed the homeless Friday night. And uh, we would Saturday morning then go down to another, to the projects in Baltimore, and uh, Pastor Ed uh, would gather all these kids and we would have sidewalk Sunday school. So that was usually my weekend from, from the age of about 13 to like 17 years old. We were feeding the homeless. We were uh, gathering children and, and spreading the gospel in Baltimore City. And, and it was really cool. I mean, if you were with Pastor Ed, you could walk through the toughest projects in Baltimore completely unscathed and unbothered. And we would go through these neighborhoods, and we would gather the children, and uh, these real-life gangsters sitting on their stoop would just wave at you. Didn't get many smiles, but they'd wave at you. They knew you were there for Sidewalk Sunday School. And we'd get the kids, and we'd have a great time. Amen. So uh, at about 15, I started traveling with Master's Commission. I've been uh, up and down the East Coast and every state on the East Coast, traveled the, the length of 95 from Canada all the way down to Florida. Uh, and I've been in every state. I've spoken all over the country. Uh, not much, but I have spoken in churches all over the country. So I don't have a ton of experience speaking, but I have a vast variety in all different uh, types of churches and settings. Pretty, pretty cool. So this is my testimony. Right? And it's powerful because it reminds us of what God did to get me to where I am. Right? And, and uh, I'm getting ahead of myself, but let's, uh, let's jump into the scripture. So I'm going to start in Genesis 1.1. So we're going to read the creation story. And I love this story. And it's actually a type of uh, Jewish poem, the creation story is. So, and you guys, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read this a little quick, but uh, feel free to follow along if you'd like. 
So we're going to go Genesis 1, 1, uh, 1 through 26. And we're going to focus on all the times that God said, okay? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and void, and the darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was moving over the surface of the waters. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. There was evening, and there was morning one day. And I'm reading from the New American Standard. I like that because it's the most literal translation uh, with the least interpretation from original language to uh, English. So, Then God said, let there be an expanse in the middle of the waters and let that separate the waters from the waters. And God made the expanse and separated the waters which were below the expanse from the waters which were above the expanse. And it was so. And God called the expanse heaven. And there was evening and there was morning, a second day. Then God said, let the waters below heaven be gathered into one place and let there be dry land appear. And it was so. And God called the dry land earth and the gathering of the waters he called seas. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, let the earth sprout vegetation, plants yielding seeds and fruit trees on earth bearing fruit after their kind with seeds in them. And it was so. And the earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seeds after their kind and trees bearing fruit with seeds in them after their kind. God saw that it was good. There was evening and there was morning the third day. Then God said, let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from the night and let them be for signs, for seasons, and for days and years and let them be for lights in the expanse of heavens to give light to the earth. And it was so. God made two great lights, the greater light to govern the day and the lesser light to govern the night. He made stars also. God placed them in the expanse of the heavens to give light to the earth and to govern the days and nights and to separate the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. There was evening and there was morning the fourth day. Then God said, let the waters teem with swarms of living creatures and let birds fly above the earth and open in the open expanse of the heavens. God created the great sea monsters. That's pretty cool. Every living creature that moves within the waters swarmed after their kind, and every winged bird after its kind, and God saw that it was good. God blessed them, saying, be fruitful and multiply, fill the waters, the seas, let the birds multiply on the earth. There was evening and morning the fifth day. Then God said, let the earth bring forth living creatures after their kind, cattle and creeping things, and beasts of the earth after their kind. And it was so. God made beasts of the earth after their kind, and cattle after their kind, and everything that creeps on the ground after its kind. And God saw that it was good. And then verse 26 then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. And let them rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So if those creeping things creep you out, remember, you rule over them. <laughs> it's, in, it's in the original plan. <sighs> Exercise your dominion with mercy. I would encourage you. <laughs> uh, so God spoke. God spoke a lot in that passage, in that, in that uh, chunk. And as God spoke, literally, the word of God created. So he said, and it was, and it was good. Amen. So God spoke through the power of Jesus and the Holy Spirit executed it. And we're going to go to uh, Genesis 4, 7, chapter 4, verse 7. Uh, 
so everything up until this point, God has spoken, right? And he, he created. Then the Lord God formed man from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. So up until this point, God is speaking and creating, and everything is good, and his word is going out, and then he says, let's make man. And so he stoops down in the dirt, and he literally forms man with his own hands, because he's a loving father. So after he forms man, and he gets every detail just the way he wants it, just perfect, he gets right up to his nostrils, and he breathes the breath of life. The same breath that's just created everything that we see in heaven and on earth. I mean, not just earth, not just all the animals and plants and everything, and and the system and the way it works, but all of the heavens and beyond what we understand, his word has created that. And now he takes that same breath and he breathes it into man, right? And all this is to make the point that words have power. Our words have power. They literally create. So when you speak, it is a command to create, all right? And you can create in someone else's life and you can create in your own life the things that you speak. I'm gonna jump way ahead. This is like the last scripture on my, uh, <laughs> in my notes. But Ephesians 4.29 says, and I, I memorized this a long time ago, so I memorized it in King James Version. <laughs> so Ephesians 4.29 says, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good for the use of edifying, that it may minister grace to those who hear it. So God is saying, your words have power, okay, and you will create in someone's life what you speak. So be careful. Be careful what you say and speak blessing. So Pastor Rich always says, hands are made for blessing. I would say words are made for blessing as well. Amen? So let, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth but that which is good for the use of edifying, building up, encouraging, uh, helping, pushing forward. Amen? Sound waves, as they resound and they go forward, they get further and further apart and uh, they get... They vibrate less and less, but in theory, they literally go on forever. So there's nothing that can stop sound. It bounces off of things, and those waves get further and further apart, but at some level, those words of creation that, that our Heavenly Father spoke are still going out across the universe, creating, expanding. And in the same way, the words that we speak, they don't just go away. So we have to be careful not to speak in vain. Okay, so words are powerful. And I'm going to bring it around to our testimony, okay? So we're going to go to, let's jump around a little bit here, because that's the best thing to do when you're speaking. <laughs> We go to Genesis 26, and I'm going to read 18 through 25. And so this is, uh, this is Abraham's son, Isaac. Okay? And it says, Then Isaac dug again the wells of water, which had been dug in the days of his father Abraham, for the Philistines had stopped them up after Abraham's death. And he gave them the same names which his father had given them. So the Philistines come along, Abraham's enemy. And after he dies, they try to kill his legacy. They try to erase his testimony. And Isaac follows behind. And he digs again the same wells his father dug. He dug up. 
his ancestry. He dug up his heritage. He dug up his legacy that was left there by his father. Uh, but when Isaac's servants dug in the valley and found there a well of flowing water, so he's bringing us, uh, before this, it talks about how uh, Isaac was blessed and God gave him many flocks and different animals and those animals require water. And in the desert, water is paramount. Okay, water is life. And so he's bringing his flocks across the desert and he's redigging the wells of his father. And he's digging new wells as well. So it says he uh, found there was a well of flowing water and the herdsmen of Gerer quarreled with the herdsmen of Isaac saying, this water is ours. So he named the well Isek because they contended with him. Then they dug another well. So they, they moved along and said, okay, that well's yours, even though we dug it. He digs another well, and they quarreled over it too. So he named it Stena. He moved away from there and dug another well, and they did not quarrel over it. So he named it Rehoboth. For he said, at least the Lord has made room for us, and we will be fruitful in the land. So I bring up the wells because your testimony, when you, when you remember the things the Lord has done, it's like digging those spiritual wells again, and the enemy may try to uh, stop those things up. He may try to uh, make you forget what the Lord has done in your life. He may try to steal from you the, the works of the Lord in your life from the past. So when we recount our testimony, it's like digging those spiritual wells again and you celebrate what the Lord has done because we're human and we forget. And in history, if you forget the past, you're bound to repeat it. So we don't want to repeat the same things. We don't want to go through the same situations. Uh, we don't want to fight the same fights that we've already fought and won because we want to continue to, to build on those things. So all through the Old Testament specifically, um, we see uh, wells being dug and they name those wells. And this is what the Lord did here. And they didn't contend with us at this well. So it's Rehoboth and, and it's a reminder. So every time they see that well, they can say, the Lord has made a place for us in this land. And we see... Uh, as uh, Moses brings the children of Israel through the Red Sea, they make the crossing. The Red Sea closes on Pharaoh and his armies, and they stop and they erect an altar, a monument to the Lord, so that they can always see, if they ever go back through, they can see this is what the Lord did. And it's a reminder, just like our testimony. <laughs> through bad circumstances, through uh, storms and trials, when the enemy has us down, we recount our testimony. And it literally lifts us up. It literally creates all those things over again. What God has done for us. What God has delivered for us from. What God has kept us from. Uh, what God has brought us from. Um, it's, a, it's a monument for our walk. And uh, actually, I'm, I'm reading <laughs> from this scripture and my Bible, probably, guys probably can't see it, but the pages on my Bible are all wrinkled in this passage because uh, I actually lent this Bible. I was in master's commission and I, uh, I worked at a master's commission later. I was uh, part of the staff there and a, a young guy came in and his name was Jay and uh, God had saved him and he, he was brand new, right? Did not grow up in church. But the Lord saved him, and he came to this discipleship program. God bless him. And he was like, I don't even have a Bible. We got our Bible <laughs> reading assignments, and he's like, I don't have a Bible to read. So I, I gave him mine. I had a couple. And uh, I remember I was watching him, and he's in the garden just pacing back and forth and reading through these scriptures. And it started to rain, and he's standing there with my Bible in the rain. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, gosh. <laughs> But now, I have a constant reminder of Jay, and every time I, I come across 
any uh, section in, in Genesis here, I remember Jay and I say a prayer for him. It's a monument to what God did in his life. It's a physical representation. So through those bad circumstances, through trials, persecutions even, um, in Luke chapter 21, actually let's just go there. I got it marked, we might as well read it. <laughs> I, I do a lot of scriptures and I, uh, I read larger chunks usually because I like, uh, I like context. So I want to give you guys enough to get context and feel free to go back and read the whole chapter. I encourage that. And if I'm, if I'm wrong, let me know. <laughs> so Luke, Luke 21, verse 10 through 19. Uh, it's things to come. So if you're a Christian, if you're not a Christian and the Lord is pulling on your heartstrings, uh, welcome you in the fold. These are the things to come. <laughs> so don't let it be a deterrent. Then he continued by saying to them, nations will rise against nations, kingdoms against kingdoms, and there will be great earthquakes and in various places plagues and famine, and there will be terrors and great signs from heaven. But before all things, they will lay their hands on you, and you will be persecuted. They will deliver you to the synagogues, and prisons and bring you before kings and governors for my namesake. It will lead to an opportunity for your testimony. So make up your minds not to prepare beforehand a defense for yourself, for I will give you utterances and wisdom which none of your opponents will be able to resist or refute but you will be betrayed even by parents and brothers and relatives and friends and they will put some of you to death and you will be hated by all because of my name. Yet not a hair of your head will perish for your endurance. You will give your lives. So I think that's pretty cool. Not the part where we'll be persecuted and all that stuff, but the part where God will always be with you through that. He will lead you. He will guide you. He will. You don't even have to think of your own defense. He'll give it to you. He will give you utterances. He will give you uh, words to speak, and he will bring you before kings and governors. So you'll be hated for Jesus' name, but your testimony will be crucial. Your testimony is powerful. Ephesians 4.29, we already did that. It's paramount that we listen to God. Right? That we're, we're in the word and we listen to what God has to say because we're from him. We are not from the world. Even the best uh, secular psychologist on his best day cannot understand <laughs> a child of God because we are not of the world. We are of God. We are from him. So don't listen to the world. Listen to God. And part of that is your testimony. And the testimony of others. I've been saying your testimony this whole time, but when we share our testimony with other brothers and sisters and with those that we're ministering to, that we're witnessing to, that has the power to create in them a desire to be changed by God. And, and encouragement, it's, it goes back to Ephesians. It's, uh, it's edifying. It builds up, Right? So we listen to God because we are from him. And in Revelation, we're going to end on that. I, I just looked. I'm out of time. I did bring snacks so that we could keep going. but was, <laughs> No, I didn't actually. I didn't bring snacks. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, but in Revelations, uh, it says, uh, I'm buying lunch. We'll just, again, we'll just read it. 
Revelation chapter 12, verse 10. We're going to start at verse 10. I'm sorry if I'm sniffing in your ear. I'm trying very hard not to. Allergies are driving me nuts here. No, thank you. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of God and the authority of his Christ have come. I just left my place. It happens. Have come from, have come for the accuser of our brethren has been thrown down. He who accuses them before our God day and night. So the enemy is not sitting idle. He is day and night the accuser of the brethren. He is bringing up our failures and all of the things from our past. He's trying to make us forget about our testimony, but at the same time, bringing up our past, the fights we've already fought and won, the things that we've already been forgiven for, the, the, the uh, circumstances that Jesus has already paid for. And they overcame him because of the blood of the lamb and because of the word of their testimonies. And they did not love their lives, even when faced with death. For this reason, rejoice, O heavens, and you will dwell in them. Woe to the earth and the sea, because the devil has come down to you, having great wrath, knowing that he has only a short time. So the enemy knows he has only a short time. And that he has already been overcome by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimonies. Literally by the history of Jesus in our lives. What God has done for us has overcome the enemy. Amen? And each of us have that power. He doesn't say by the, by the word of Jesus' testimony. It says by the word of their testimonies. They have overcome the accuser. Amen? So I would like to, if I can, ask for... Um, I'll give a short, another short testimony. So you heard my testimony of salvation. There's all different kinds of testimonies, uh, the things that God has done in your life, blessings, stuff like that. So I'm going to give a uh, most recent testimony, and then I'm going to ask for some volunteers. So everybody be thinking, all right, I'm going to call on you. I'm putting you on the spot. you got to come up. Again, not just Stephanie, but everybody. <laughs> <laughs> So I, I, like I said, I recently had a knee surgery, so I'm off work. Funds are definitely very tight, and uh, life is abundant, and uh, the need for funds is abundant sometimes. And uh, our our house, you know, is the roof's in really bad shape. It's needed a roof for a while, and a few weeks ago, a month ago, another, um, about a month ago, another tab flew off the house, which is never a good thing. If you know anything about roofs, it's never good when the shingles start falling off. <laughs> but I look up and, I, and I, I pray over my roof every time there's a storm, and I'm not kidding. Every time the wind starts blowing, I said, Lord, just bless my roof. <laughs> Give it fortitude to stand against the winds. <laughs> and it has. I haven't had any leaks so far, so amen. Uh, but another tab comes off the roof, and I'm like, Lord, what am I going to do? I, I really need a roof, and I have, I literally have no money to put a roof on the house. So uh, back in January, um, there was a, a cryptocurrency, <laughs> and I prayed about it, and I invested in this cryptocurrency, right? And I'm going to give you numbers, and this is totally a freak thing, but uh, I believe I was led by the Lord to do this. So I put $200 in this cryptocurrency in January. I bought it for a penny. Uh, so I had 20,000 shares of this or coins, whatever. And uh, I saw a couple weeks ago, I see a post on Facebook from another friend and something about this coin. Because I, I, I did it as a long-term investment. I figured in 10 years, if it's worth a dollar, that'll be great. Um, so I, I see this post. So January, I put $200 in and I see this post and I'm, I'm like, oh, wow. So I go on and I look at it and the balance of my cryptocurrency is literally in the thousands, okay? is what it's worth. And I, I'm flabbergasted. I'm astounded, right? So I'm like, wow, this is incredible. Lord, you know, what should I do with this? And I, I'm, I'm going to give you a testimony and then a, a lesson as well. <laughs> so uh, I got a number, and, and I felt like the Lord said sell it when the value is this. Okay, 
So uh, value hit that. And the next day was supposed to, it was all this hype on the internet about the next day being a day where this was going to go through the roof and all this stuff. So I was like, ah, I really want, I want to hold on to it. And so I did. And guess what happened? <laughs> it went down. <laughs> so I learned a lesson in obedience. Once again, uh, do what the Lord tells you. Because he's got your best interests at heart, right? I did end up selling it. So instead of, instead of paying for my roof and beyond, it's going to pay for most of my roof. So, amen. It's, it's testimony of God's goodness and also of uh, my obedience. <laughs> my lesson in obedience, I should say. So, and that right after that happened, um, there, there have been several things that have happened to us while I've been off. We had somebody paid for our groceries. The lady behind us paid for our groceries. Um, one morning on the way to church, actually, the person in front of my wife paid for all of her Dunkin' Donut order, and we were running late. And we're, ah, just get breakfast for the kids at, at Dunkin' Donuts. It's expensive. but So like a, a $25, $30 order, somebody paid for it in front of us. And uh, a few days after, after I learned my lesson, I'm in line at Dunkin' Donuts. I just have the one kid. And uh, the Lord said, I want you to pay for the person behind you. And I almost didn't. And I was like, what are you thinking? What are you doing? <laughs> did you not learn? So I did. I, I paid for their, for their uh, food. And it, it, wasn't, it wasn't that expensive. So it was something that we could do. And uh, I don't know how that impacted their life. But I do know that the Lord led me to do it. And he's going to use that. That became part of their testimony. Just like the other people that have blessed me, it's part, now part of my testimony. So let us celebrate the words of our testimony. Anybody have any, anything they want to share with uh, Cornerstone here and the folks joining us? Come on. I know the Lord's working and doing things. <laughs> You're going to have to come up because <laughs> I said not only you. <laughs> Pete, I see that hand. Come on up. Glad to see you, by the way. I love that song. Well, I, I'm, I'm excited to be here because I've never seen this side of Chris before. So it's, it's very, very, uh, it's refreshing. And the, uh, the word about obedience, God's word says he loves obedience even more than sacrifice. And, and uh, when we are obedient, we will soon discover that it's not sacrifice because he will bless our obedience over and above whatever we can do. Uh, we have been in an interesting position in our household and in our lives because, as some of you, most of you know, we've been involved in, in ministry for 30 years now. And... Uh, a number of years ago, God uh, encouraged us to, to uh, re-emerge and, uh, and, and come back with our Native American jewelry business, which I had sort of put on the shelf earlier in our relationship when I married Fran and was adopting her, our son, and I had to straighten up and get a real job uh, from music. And uh, so after becoming involved in business, he took us out of that and encouraged us, me, to do ministry. And of course, being like the Apostle Peter, I ran ahead and said, come on, I got this, catch up when you, when you can, Lord. Uh, but through all that, he really has continued to teach us uh, lessons in obedience. And that's why that really resonated uh, with me, what you said. Um, and in the last year or more, uh, our ministry to churches, and we've been known for ministry within the prison system, were essentially closed down to us. And so I said, okay, Lord, what do you want me to learn from this? And, and he, uh, just in 
prayer and, and supplication and through the mouths of other people in my life said, I want you to be creative just as I am creative. And so I said, okay. So we started, we started doing one-on-one -on -one things and small group things and uh, started to do some recordings and putting them out on the internet. And of course, a lot of people seem to be doing that. But he just impressed upon me, I want you to be about the work, whatever it may look like, uh, whatever it may, uh, however it may stretch you, because I'm not a technical guy. Most of you, I think, uh, know that. My computer's on the fritz as we speak. Praise the Lord. And, um, and so, as the churches were closed and the prison system was closed to us, uh, he started creating opportunities for us to do more jewelry shows with our Native American jewelry. And he opened up what had been a virgin mission field, he turned into an extraordinary opportunity for ministry. And not only that, but the financial blessing through that has been, uh, has sustained us well. And as we speak, we've been in, even since the beginning of the, this year, we've been in several churches. We have a few more on the docket. Prison system is still closed. But again, I'm relating to Chris, the snake guy, because one of the areas that he led us to were reptile and amphibian shows. So here we were, this, this Christian couple bringing our Native American jewelry and beautiful ironwood carvings, animal forms, into these shows. And the first people kind of looked at us like, and who are you and why are you here? But now we've become part of the family. Now these are family-friendly shows, but they also feature pierced and tattoos guys wearing t-shirts that say Satan is Lord. And so we have had incredible opportunities to be a blessing to these folks. And just as we've done throughout our jewelry business, we're able to minister to all the vendors, all the merchants who are there. And so obedience, uh, commerce, creativity, and that's a word for any one of us, no matter what we may be engaged in. So that's been... Uh, a real neat thing to see God work creatively within us and within the context of what he's called us to do. Amen. Amen. Obedience is not a bad thing. It, it, obedience, the more obedient you are to the Lord, the more he can use you. So he can give you a, a directive. He can give you an uh, uh, inclination, uh, impression, and he knows that you're going to follow that. You're going to pull that thread. You're going to be obedient with that. So, Amen. My beautiful mother-in-law. All right, so I got a testimony that came in from Sheetal. She just texted me. Yeah, so um, I think it was about Thursday or Friday this week. There's a group of us, uh, Stephanie sends group prayer requests out to those um, who are on her list, and we, we pray for one another. And we got a prayer request for, from Sheetal for their little baby girl, Zoe, who is seven weeks old. And um, she uh, was having some trouble uh, feeding, and so that's been a, a concern for Vivian and Sheetal. And since we prayed, she is doing so much better. And Sheetal wanted, she just wanted us to know how much she appreciated our prayers, but most of all, thank you, Jesus. And we just pray for complete and total healing over Zoe's body in every way, God, just do a creative miracle in her life, and just bring her to perfect health and strength. Amen. So encouraging to know that God is answering your prayers. Amen. <laughs> and I don't want to cut it off too soon. Does anybody else have a testimony? Uh, want to, yeah, all right. Talk about obedience. Um, <laughs> And uh, one of the neat, wonderful um, gifts 
of being obedient to the Father and Jesus and Holy Spirit is the joy that comes with that. Um, so I was sitting there and I'm like, okay, Lord, do you want me to share anything for you? And at first I was, you know, like, nah, you know. You never did that, right? <laughs> um, so I asked him again, and I listened uh, a little more clearly. And um, he said, yes, I want you to share uh, about the blessings. So um, there's not enough time for me to share uh, my full testimony and where... Uh, these blessings came out of from the Lord in his and my journey together. But um, a couple of years ago, a friend shared with me a, a book uh, called Blessing Your Spirit uh, by Arthur Burke. And uh, I started to um, take those blessings and basically what they are, are scripture and they out of the scriptures speak to yourself or others the heart of the Lord and uh, some of you are very familiar with that and so I began to bless my own spirit um, and what God did in that was incredible I am not the same person I am more who he created me to be because of that tool that he used and because of uh, what he did in my heart it just uh, made me real excited to bless other spirits and um, Katie was one of those incredible people who allowed me the privilege and honor to for about a year I think it was um, we would call each other on uh, every Sunday and I would bless her spirit and watched Katie um, Jesus and Katie and Katie and Jesus grow. And so it was just one, more of those places, and I got more and more excited and just loved blessing people's spirits and loved watching what Jesus did um, in, in his, his children's hearts and uh, not having a clue where he and I were going in our journey, but... Um, as time went on, continued to uh, enjoy blessing other spirits and blessing uh, my own and just hanging out with Jesus. And so one of the things that uh, he's given me the privilege and honor to do is to be a part of a team, a prayer ministry team, and um, we teach a class uh, usually two, twice a year, and I get to share and teach a, a part of that piece called Shepherding Your Spirit and Helping uh, others understand and um, just learn who we are uh, in our spirit man and who God created us and how um, our spirit and his spirit um, were one. And so um, I began to, the Lord started to, I call it download, started to download uh, some blessings that I could share at the end of this class. And as I did, people started coming up to me and saying, wow, um, have you ever recorded those? Like, I would love to have them um, to, to just listen to and what the Lord has, you know, done for my spirit and my, my being, you know, and I would love to just have them to go to sleep to, you know. Have you ever, you know, I'm like, no, no, it wasn't even on my radar. Didn't even, you know, it was on God's radar. Uh, but it wasn't on my radar, or so I so I was ex understanding, and so um, that went on. And so I had about three people, different people, come up to me and ask me similar questions like that. And when the third person came to me, I said, "Did you talk to that other person about this? You know, you know?" And they're like, "No." So then I knew, okay, Lord. Oh, you know, help me out here and know where you want to go with this. And in the meantime, uh, another dear friend of mine said that, uh, you know, she was actually one of them that encouraged me, and she said, if, if you would like to, I will bless you and um, pay for the recording of the blessings. And so 
uh, in the journey um, of hanging out with Jesus and letting him love me and grow me as well as, you know, continuing to be obedient. Um, uh, you know, as Chris shared and as we all know, it's a step-by-step journey. You know, <clears throat> we can share our testimony, but there's so many baby steps as a part of, of those uh, uh, testimonies and journeys. And so ultimately, through the lockdown last year, I had, I had about three of them that the Lord had given to me, um, but through the lockdown last year, um, uh, he gave me two and a half more. And I sensed that there were to be six completed to record. And um, so in February, uh, I, knew, I knew it was getting close to the time to finish that one. And I got up one morning and the Lord said, okay, today's the day. Today's the day to finish this one. I said, okay. So he and I hung out together. And about a day and a half later, that one was finished. And uh, at that point, um, he, had, he had grown and loved me so incredibly that my God confidence was built enough to move forward on this. And so March 5th, um, Jesus and I went to the studios and recorded the six blessings. <laughs> I can't wait to share them. Um, they are so incredible and so amazing. And um, when I listen to them, um, I just weep and I hear things that I go, God, that is, wow, God, that is so amazing. Like, wow, as if I never penned them. And um, so... The, um, the completed uh, pieces, CDs are not yet in hand, but the recordings are finished. I went back in and tweaked a couple of things about two weeks ago and got the finished piece. Um, and so in the process of meeting with more people and, and again, how God just, you know, step by step gives you understanding and um, showing me who who to meet with, who to help me with the cover. God gave me the picture of the cover and um, uh, the title of it. And so I don't know when his timing is for when the fruition of those pieces, but CDs, MP3s, and possibly going online. And some of that also is uh, he's reminding me of how he shared things with me over the years and said things. and. And I didn't understand it, and so now I'm understanding, like, wow, okay, now I, I see those. So God rocks. He rules and he reigns. And our testimony is never done. God will continue to work through us and on us and with us until we see him face to face. Amen. Real quick, anybody else want to share? We're going over. Stephanie, come on. I knew it. <laughs> so well. Um, well, first of all, Lori's the one who gave me the word that I shared over the, the two weeks. So, oh my God, what a blessing it was to talk to her. Um, and she has no idea what a blessing she is. So your ripple effect to me went out to a lot of people. Anyway, um, the Lord uses normal, not normal, but ungodly people to speak into my life, which I hate. <laughs> But, uh, and I shared this a while back when I was going into uh, the bin store and wasn't very nice in there that uh, I was complaining a lot. And uh, a person came up to me, and then I found out a lot of people started coming up to me saying, You complain a lot. Here I thought I was, I'm the Christian, the Holy One. And they're like, You suck. <laughs> you know? Sorry, I hope that wasn't a bad word. But um, it's kind of late. Um, Pastor Rich hits me in the head with his bass. <laughs> um, anyway, I think I knew inside that was there because when that person said it, it reverberated inside of me, as much as I hated it. And it set me on a path 
of the Lord showing me how negative I have been in my life. I was raised to be negative, and I was good at it, and the Lord wanted me to change just like the words we were saying. What I say goes out and creates who I am. And I was not creating a nice person. I was cre creating a complainer, and somebody didn't you know, was unforgiving and didn't see the blessings of the Lord. All I could see was the negative sides of I was missing this whole other side. And I, it's been a couple years that I've been on this journey, and slowly the Lord's been working on me to change my language, to change my thoughts. That's the first thing, because what comes out of your mouth is in your thoughts. And to change my thoughts in my heart and see his blessings. And I'm telling you, I haven't been experienced, like the last three or four months, I didn't even realize, I said, I think I'm experiencing joy. <laughs> I really did, I think I'm happy. I didn't eat like, like I have never been that way before. It was so weird to like stop and think that. I'm like, I've been happy all week. <laughs> I haven't literally looked at, I mean, I'm not saying anything changed. Nothing changed. I just wasn't looking at the negative anymore or as much. And I'm catching myself more. And what I'm doing is when I see a negative, when the enemy is always there, I have to change and look for the blessing or give it to the Lord and ask him to bless that or to change my thought process. So it's so subtle. But you have to watch your words. Watch what you're thinking. You know, the thing, even a regular psychologist will tell you to write down, what do you think about all day? What are you thinking about? How are you thinking about yourself? I thought awful about myself. I was constantly bringing up the past that should have been dead and buried because I didn't feel good about myself, and I felt like I should be punished. And the Lord's like, Ugh. And any time a thought comes now, I have to put it back on the cross and say, this has been bought with a price. Jesus does not have to walk back through this with me. He already said I'm forgiven. And it's gone, and I'm not letting the enemy, like a tornado, go through my life and destroy me anymore. So if you want peace, you want joy, you, you want to be happy, this, it's got to change, and you got to connect with the Lord. I was given a word by, what was his name? The guy that was here? Brian. Brian. The, oh, Ryan. I'm like, why does he keep saying Brian? I said it three times. Because <laughs> you're saying it wrong. <laughs> Ryan, sorry, Ryan, if you're watching, um, gave me a simple word. And, it, and if you know me, you'll know why this word means so much. You need grace for grace. I was trying to get grace. I was still working for grace. I need God to give me the grace to receive his grace. I can't even do that right. And I, that reverberated through me like, whoa, that is so true. So anyway, if you're a negative person, I'm not putting you down. You're just living in a life of hell. This is where the enemy wants you. The Lord wants you over here in peace, positive joy. And it's going to be through your thought life. Watch your thoughts. Watch your words. Thank you, Lord. That's so, that's so good. And it's actually something I meant to touch on, but I, I didn't. I was just kind of steered away from that. But this is a principle that the secular world has uh, put to use. Every top business person, every uh, conference you go to will say that mindset is key, especially in sales and, and things like that, because in sales you're rejected so many times before you get that yes, and it's all about numbers, but mindset is key. You have to, you, you, they actually have uh, scripts, and they tell you, stand in front of the mirror, say these things out loud. They don't know, they, they, don't, they don't understand that words create, but they know that it works. If you speak it out loud, or you speak it into your life, it works. What you focus on will expand. So you focus on positive, you focus on what the Lord has done for you, and it will expand. And it, it will just continue to grow. It's so good. So we're going to close out. We're going to pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for being in our midst today. We devote the rest of this day to you. We pray that this word that was uh, brought to you, not by me today, but by your Holy Spirit, uh, it would be planted in the hearts of the people that have heard it and seen it and, and uh, will hear it as a seed that will expand and it will continue to grow and that you'll cultivate it, Lord, in the hearts of men and that it will become uh, a focus in the lives of uh, these men and women, that they would continually remember their testimony and what you have done, Lord, 
in their lives to bring them to the place where they are and what you're going to do to continue to build their story and where they will be. Amen. Because where we are is not where we will be. It's a journey. God will continue to take us and he'll walk with us. So the Lord bless you, keep you, cause his face to shine on you. Thank you, Father. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.